Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Six minutes past seven. Kempi, we're going to park the food for just a second and talk some rugby, eh? Yes, considering club footy only started last weekend, 2023 has been an extremely busy year of rugby already. With Super Rugby all picky come and gone, Rugby Pacific in full flight, and a new All Blacks coach named, there has been a lot to digest in a year which is just going to get more and more intense until a world champion is named. It suits us just fine though, and it also suits Rugby News Magazine and editor Campbell Burns, who has a bumper April edition, good to go, and he's on the line with us now. Morena Campbell, how are you this morning? Very good morning, gents. I'm well. Yeah, mate, a bumper issue, um, April edition. You know, can you recall a start to the year with so much rugby content, Cameron? Campbell? Uh, no, no, I can't, I, I can't, to be fair. Uh, what did we kick off uh, with Opiki and Super Rugby Pacific on the same weekend in late February? So it's been all go since then. Of course, uh, the Sevens uh, was on in Hong Kong last weekend. And as you say, uh, club stuff is all, uh, has all started. Um, the junior rugby will be starting by the end of the month. And... First 15 in schools will be um, uh, officially yeah. starting the start of next month, so it's all going. So it's busy enough as is normally at like this time of year. It kind of encroaches into super into uh, sorry crashes into cricket season these days, professional rugby. But the whole All Black coaching saga, Scott Robertson finally crowned as the successor to Ian Foster. How have you gone about covering that in a monthly magazine, Campbell? I'm curious. Yes, it was a fairly tough one there, um, Louis, I have to say, because uh, we were working on a uh, mid-April timeline for the announcement. That was what uh, New Zealand Rugby had led us to believe, and they don't move that, that quickly, as we know. So uh, we were banking on that and looking at a two-horse race between Joseph and Robertson. And then on March 21, on the day we were going to print, uh, Scott Robertson was suddenly anointed as the, as the coach for 2024. So we had to uh, move things around a bit, change up our cover uh, to reflect that, which we've done with... Um, with, with the Razor's Edge uh, cover um, with, uh, with Robertson at that, at that press conference. So it was a very, uh, very hurried change, but that's the, uh, unfortunately, in, in publishing with, with deadlines, um, you know, sort of two weeks out from appearing on sale, that's what you have to go with. But we certainly, we, we had a story in there anyway, which we tweaked uh, slightly on the, on the All Blacks coaching saga. So uh, it wasn't a straightforward one for a monthly magazine, but uh, it, certainly it was, uh, it was big 24-hour news cycle. Yeah, you get you get a month of of massive headlines, don't you? Like how good are the sevens going? You've got you know uh, Razor getting named as the the new All Black coach, and then you got Alan Bunting, who's another popular coach um, and man amongst his players. How have you seen that story unfold? Yeah, well, that was interesting too. I mean, um, uh, Bunting was announced um, a, a few weeks before that, so 
there was a chance for a more uh, relaxed um, interview with with him and, and his philosophy for the next three years leading into the Rugby World Cup. So, you know, he he's got a he's got the twin aims of winning, but also uh, growing depth. Uh, given there's going to be probably seven or eight uh, of the of the ladies who were there at the Rugby World Cup last year are not there for various reasons, retirement or, or seven. So, um, you know, he's, he's had great success with uh, the Blackburn Sevens. Um, doesn't have a huge background in 15s, but did take take the Chiefs Manawa to the Opiki title last year and was the cultural lead for the Blackburns last year. So he's, he's an interesting man. He's a very understated man, um, but uh, I think it was a good call by New Zealand Rugby to, to appoint him. Um, and we just await uh, the start of their programme um, late June and, Hopefully, uh, hopefully, more test matches on these shores later in the year. I was just about to ask you that, Campbell. Did you talk to Alan about the schedule and calendar, and is he passionate about having more rugby for his team that he's about to start coaching? Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, it was uh, slightly frustrating in that the calendar hasn't been um, 100% confirmed. We only know... Um, uh, probably a handful of games through June, July, August, um, and at the moment there's only one uh, one home test in concrete. It's hidden concrete, but they're hoping that that uh, Global 15s tournament, uh, the Global XV tournament, will be in place in New Zealand around October. Um, that would be great, but uh, I mean, again, that hasn't been confirmed, so that's probably a source of frustration for them, um, and indeed many other Black Ferns fans, because uh, it's pretty hard to gain momentum when you don't know when you're playing your next game. Campbell, what about the Super Rugby? Like, um, you know, you look at how the Chiefs run, they're, they're on a roll at the moment, and the Blues, are they are they real or are they pretenders? The Blues, well, it's, uh, it's an interesting one, only three and three. I mean, I think they will get better. They, they have been a bit scratchy, really. Um, <clears throat> even, well, having said that, they probably could well have won last uh, last Saturday night if they uh, hadn't made so many errors there. So that was tight. So they're still very much contenders, but they're not as clinical as they were last year. And whether that's the forwards not quite being as accurate um, and, and as physical at, at the collisions um, and at set piece um, is one of those question marks around them. But I would think that they'll certainly be in the playoffs and and I'd think they'd still finish high and high enough and high up enough to... Uh, you know, to be, to be amongst those contenders. And, and I still think the Crusaders can do that as well. <clears throat> I worry for the Blues. I really do. I think they look blunt. I think they look dour on attack. And then you add in the like the critical errors that they have been making, which you can tidy those up. But on a whole, I, I just, I don't, I'm not seeing it at the moment. I, and there's a lot of All Blacks in that team. And in a World Cup year, I'm always, and look, it's as a, well, you know, I, I hand my parson as a Crusaders fan, and I always worry about the Crusaders when there's a big All Blacks year on because of natural reasons. And you got players like mm. Rico Yuani and Bowden Barrett. Um, I'm not worried about Finley Christie at all, but some of those seasoned All Blacks, they really need to play themselves into form. And I'm not saying they would never prioritise their Super Rugby season, but I, I don't know. There's just something just a little bit off with them at the moment, Campbell. Yeah, well, it was interesting because that uh, that whole issue of um, of All Blacks and their mindset in a Rugby World Cup year. I mean, as Leon McDonald said to me at the start of the season, they they come into Blues training, they're they're Blues. They they they're not All Blacks, so they've got to, in other words, play their way into the All Blacks. And for some of them, um, you know, thinking that they've got to be peaking in October, they you know that they, they probably uh, at, at the start of the season they're not necessarily firing on all cylinders. So it doesn't worry me that 
um, that someone has a, an average game in late February. It probably worries the fans of the franchise, but if they're looking at the bigger picture. So someone like Rico Iwani, he's not playing badly. Um, he's not on peak form yet, but you would think by May, June, at the business end of Super Rugby, some of these guys are starting, into, starting to come into, into form. I think Bowden Barrett just had a poor game um, in, in isolation last last Saturday because no one was complaining about him when he scored 20-odd points against the Highlanders in, in round one. So I think there's still a chance for that to to, to turn around. Um, some of these other guys, I mean, Hoskins, who's been in, in superb form, um, he's been their best best forward um, for the start of the season, and he's obviously subject to All Blacks' rest as well. So he's, he's probably the form number eight in the competition. So there's a couple of players in, in decent nick, but Mark Talia's been up and down. He's had some injuries concussion, um, same with Caleb Clark. Um, you know, so some of these guys haven't really sort of fired yet because they haven't been necessarily fully fully fit. So, um, yeah, you would expect that to, to turn around because they have got pretty good depth. But, um, I mean, it's a worry at the moment, but it's still only April. Yeah, good call, good call, Campbell. Hey, let's just talk a little bit about community rugby, Campbell. I think one of the stories um, that will come out later on in the year is this new tackle Technique that the uh, the New Zealand rugby are trying to uh, implement throughout community rugby. Are we expecting a store uh, uh, some coverage of that um, in the in the additions later on this year? Yes, yeah, we are absolutely. Um, I mean, it, it remains to, to be seen how that sort of plays out because uh, you're talking community rugby with no TMOs, so the referees have got to make the call at the time with, with their with the assistance of their uh, of the AR. So um, you know, hopefully, there's not going to be too many incorrect calls on there, but I think fans are going to have to, and parents are going to have to get used to the fact that um, the tackle height has to come down. It's not going to be like they were looking at in the UK, where it was below the waist, because that's crazy. But, but I mean, the the target is below the sternum. It's not going to be any higher than that. So that's just going to be and have to be an adjustment. Um, and, and we'll be certainly keeping an eye on that and looking to do uh, pieces further down the line as to as to how that pans out. Um, it's not an ideal situation, but this is uh, the direction. Rugby's going with with safety being being paramount. I think there's got to be an element of co- common sense from the referees and and all involved. Um, you know, I mean, if it's a, if there's a clear headshot, then that's clear. But you know, what happens with accidental head clashes? Um, you know, we see in Super Rugby, it's just crazy the amount of cards given out for accidental head clashes. Um, you know, I mean, what are you supposed to do in in, uh, in a dynamic game um, when when you're slightly crouched and and the guy's running slightly crouched into you? You know, I mean. Um, accidents happen in this uh, in this dynamic game, so so those you know these are all things of the game that I think I think there does need to be a lot more common sense involved uh, from the officials. Well said, very very well said, and we saw that in the Six Nations as well, the last round up there, and the English Ireland game, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it's concerning heading into a World Cup that you might get a, a game dominated or a tournament dominated with some just you know rugby incidents. Hey, you know Campbell how there's this trend with rugby league coaches going into union setups as defensive coaches or, you know, the Kidwells of the world. And I know Eddie Jones was fishing around. You, you know, you're very familiar with this trend? Yeah, well, certainly, I mean, the, the main one is, uh, is Sean Edwards. who has been around for a while in rugby, but he's come over from rugby league and has done great things um, with, um, now with France um, in particular, um, with their defensive yes. system. So. Yeah, and of course you've got um, Andy Farrell, who's the head coach of Ireland, coming from a strong league background. So yeah, there's a there is a certainly a growing trend in that area. Not so much in in New Zealand, um, but certainly well, overseas. Well, do I have a proposition for you? 
Acting on behalf of my client, uh, <laughs> a, a Kemp. Uh, we've got a we've got a, a rugby league pundit here that would just. Can you imagine Kempy with some punchy rugby union columns in your magazine? Just some, you know, cut, wading through the politics of it all, just off the back fence, league to union, because that's what he does every day on this show. So um, I, I'm, I'm thinking. True, yes. I'm sure be... there'd be some interesting uh, stuff you'd have there, Kempy. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Muggleton was a first defensive coach, if you want to go that far right. back. And Les Kiss, of course, yeah. the North Sydney um, Bear was, a, was another one that went to South Africa. You know, most of these defensive coach, Campbell, none of them could tackle. <laughs> Mike Ford for England. All right, played halfback inside me a cast, but he couldn't tackle. I did all his tackling for him. Sean Edwards was a halfback. Um, Les Kiss was a winger. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. unbelievable. So imagine if you got someone that could tackle, tackle teaching uh, tackle defence and rugby union. That's the type of column yes. you'd get. Oh, mate. Well, you can imagine someone like um, uh, Andrew Merton. Andrew Merton's taking uh, you know taking tackling sessions um, with uh, with the Waratahs. Can you imagine that? Hey. Easy on Mertz. <laughs> leave, leave, leave my childhood hero out of it. 18 minutes past seven. Campbell, really appreciate it. Where can uh, people get themselves a copy if they're if they so uh, pleased to do so? Yep, so our April edition with uh, Razor on the cover is out today and tomorrow. All good uh, magazine outlets and bookstores and um, supermarkets. And, of course, you can um, you can subscribe, which is um, cheap as chips, uh, rugbynews.co.nz or 0800 77 77 Beautiful. Just like that, Campbell Burns, editor uh, of your Rugby News magazine, and it's a very busy time of year. It's crazy to think we're only at the start of April. It's only rugby season now, Kempe, and we've had all those storylines playing out already. It's it's absolutely crazy. Always good to talk to you, Campbell. Thanks a lot for joining us this morning. Um, That's the Rugby News magazine. It's available in all good magazine retailers and supermarkets, and why not subscribe by calling 0800 777 one zero or visit www.rugbynews.co.nz.